The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and it is Thursday, October 14th, which means we've got some NFL football tonight. In fact, an exciting game for this podcast because the Eagles are in primetime, but more importantly, they get to go up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defending Super Bowl champions, head to Philadelphia as seven-point favorites with an over-under of 52.5 to break down Everything from a gambling perspective, from a DFS perspective, which, by the way, will be after the podcast. The audio podcast will end. If you want our DFS insight uh, discussion, what lineups we're looking at, go to youtube.com slash pick six. Subscribe, and you will get an alert every time we have one of those shows up. It's going to be YouTube only for DFS, so we can go in and out of it. Uh, but to look at gambling, props, etc. Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. Sully, what's up, buddy? What's up, Will? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, sir. Um, do we do we end up being right on the we did well? I had I had a few of our lineups uh set up in in, uh, in, in DraftKings. We were doing all right for ourselves. Were you, were, you, were, you, were, you, were you flirting with some big cash? And it's always the weird one. It's always the weird one. So when you guys turn tune into the DFS portion, you could almost mute us until we get to the weird stuff <laughs> where it's just yeah. like, yep, we this is you know, we don't know if this is gonna happen. We're gonna just throw it against the wall. And it sticks because I had Jonathan Taylor as the captain, and boy, oh boy, was that fun! Yeah, I had. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to look at see which one. I mean, not that we want to recap all the DFS stuff. That would be, you know, we'll recap the DFS stuff when we start sure, the DFS sure. of the program. Instead, let's dive in and talk about this matchup. Um, I'll just tell you this: I ain't betting the under. I don't know if I should bet the over, but I'm not betting the under. Uh, I was reading over at Establish a Run, Pat Thorman who is a fantastic football writer, has been for a long time, writes snaps and pace for a bunch of teams for every single week. Here are some trends for the Buccaneers and Eagles game. Tampa is the ninth fastest situation neutral pace in the NFL, meaning, you know, within like seven points of, you know, the game's within seven points. What are they doing? Tampa likes to pass. They like to run quick, right? Uh, And they, they even had their slowest game against Miami. Bucks games produced the most plays in the NFL, 131 per pop on average, and the second most points per game in the NFL, 57 and a half on average. Opponents are passing at a 76% rate against the Bucks defense. That is, we, t- we say that the Bucks are a pass funnel. That is an insane number. 
crazy. The Cowboys are second at 65%. Opponents are passing at a 76% rate. That's wild, man. Uh, the Eagles pa already passed at the seventh highest clip in the NFL anyway, and now they're going to go up against the number one pass bottle in the NFL. The Eagles also run the seventh most snaps in the NFL and are first in situation neutral pace. Now, that situation neutral pace is important because the Eagles have been trailing in a lot of games, forcing them to pass a lot and taking Miles Sanders out of the game script and game flow. And it's possible this happens tonight. Maybe we'll get some, some of that in the player props, but certainly this game profiles Sully as a high scoring affair. I just don't, I don't think you, you, you can bet the under, I, I couldn't bet the under in this one. I could, however, with the loss of Rob Gronkowski is out. Levante David is out. Antoine Winfield Jr. is out. Uh, so the secondary for the Bucks is ravaged. Again, not get in front of the under, not get in front of the over, but I will get involved with the Eagles plus seven. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I am leaning towards the over as well. You talked about it. The Buccaneers have the most yards per play, most play, uh, plays in the entire NFL there. But you look at both of the Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles, both those offenses are inside the top 10 in yards per play this season, right around like 6.3, 6.1 yards per play this season. These Both of these offenses can move the ball. And, and, you know, even if you look at it from a standpoint of, well, we don't know what Philadelphia is going to look like. Their defense was great in week five. They you know, forced three interceptions off of Sam Darnold. They held them down. They were able to come back and win that game. They looked really strong. You know, you can say, okay, you know, that's fine. You know, all right, whatever. But you can also say that might not be exactly who they are. I mean, you look at the last previous two weeks before that game, they were putting up 40-plus points against the Cowboys and the Chiefs. And I would argue that this Buccaneers offense is a little bit closer to those offenses than what we yeah. saw against the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely. Tom Brady has more passing yards through five weeks than he did in 2007 when he shattered every conceivable record on the planet. Uh, if you notice that, yes, it is Bucks minus seven at Eagles, not Eagles minus seven. That is the uh, the, the the wish casting of, of <laughs> producer Devo. It'll be it'll be minus seven by the end of the game. <laughs> uh, that would, I, look, if, I, if I'm taking Eagles plus seven before the game and by the way, at Caesars, that Eagles plus seven is up to minus 120, meaning that it is, I I would guess, likely to move to six and a half if it moves. I don't think it'll go to, it's not going to seven and a half. I think a lot of people are on the Eagles in this spot. So I was going to say, if you're telling me that's hitting six and a half, I am hammering that for the Buccaneers. You, you like Buccaneers minus I, six and a half? I like the Buccaneers here. I, I do. Just oh, because. Oh, so you're, yeah, if you like the Bucs, you can wait on it, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I'm going to wait if that's, the, if that's the case here. But uh, the Eagles, what we've seen recently, and, and again, this is kind of, you know, you're cherry picking the, these trends a little bit, but they're one and five against the spread and following a win in their last six games. So whenever they win, they kind of, you know, maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit. And, and these opponents are, you know, maybe the betting public kind of jumps on them a little too much and things get a little too excited. Again, it's a huge market, Philadelphia. So maybe that's what kind of shifts the line a little bit. But ultimately, again, they don't have the greatest track record against the spread following a win. The, it, it's interesting because Philly should have covered against the Chiefs. They lost by 12, but the game was a lot closer than that, and there was a fluky, um, crazy Tyreek Ty, Ty, Ty Hill, the third touchdown catch uh, that ended up with a, a, the, the Chiefs covering. And they probably shouldn't have covered or won against the Panthers. It took – the Panthers beat them for 55 minutes, and then <laughs> there was like a – block. 
I don't know. I don't know what happened. The Panthers. Jalen Hurts has rushed for touchdowns. Yeah, he, and it, he's, helped, Lockett, he's helping my fantasy team. That's all I cared about. I looked right. up and I was like, "Hey, all right, here we go." Well, and Jalen Hurts is, I believe, has uh, through five weeks is five for five in terms of top ten fantasy quarterback performances. Even though he's not necessarily flashing as he, you know, he didn't look like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in terms of his passing ability. He's yeah, piling up. He's piling up so much on the ground that it just makes him a, a viable fantasy option every single week. And he'll probably end up being a top, you know, I mean, he's probably going to be, he's certainly going to end the season as a QB one barring injury. Um, you know, he had two rushing touchdowns last week, completed less than 50, 50 uh, 60% of his passes, no passing touchdowns, less than 200 passing yards. No, you know, one at passing interception. It doesn't matter when you're, when you're running for 30 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, and, and again, going back to what I was saying about, you know, both of these offenses and really the Philadelphia defense, you know, we don't know exactly what they are, but if we're looking at it the over, you know, if they are something, you know, that we saw, the, the, what was it, week four, or week three and week four, I mean, it's not going to take much for this Philadelphia offense to help kick us the rest of the way. If the Buccaneers, who we just saw last week, able to put up 40-plus points, again, again, I'm not predicting that they're going to do that, but again, they have the capability to do that, and this defense that they're going up against has a history of allowing teams to completely go off. So again, you know, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, Buccaneers plus seven, or, you know, they're going to cover this uh, minus seven if they're really going to get over there. But to me, what I like the most tonight is the over on this, just because you can get there in so many different ways. You can get there from both of these offenses going off against one another, or it could just be a complete dominating effort by, let's just say, either the Philadelphia Eagles because of this Buccaneers secondary not being particularly well, or the Eagles revert back to what we saw the previous two weeks other than week five, and it's just another Tom Brady five-touchdown performance. Uh, also of note, on for injury purposes, Lane Johnson, I believe, is out for yeah, personal reasons. Again. He was out for a personal matter. He's missed two weeks in a row. They are not even addressing it, what it is, and that, that's okay. You know, it's a personal matter. Take care of yourself. Take care of your head take care of your family whatever you gotta do lane um dallas goddard also seems very unlikely to play i believe he tested positive for covid he is vaccinated so that means he needs two negative tests 24 hours apart he was placed on the covid list on tuesday evening so he would have to get a negative test on wednesday and a negative test on thursday and also exhibit no COVID symptoms for 48 consecutive hours. This is the reality of 2021 and really the last two years. Uh, maybe more importantly, well, not, no, sorry, not more importantly. More, more importantly is, is uh, Dallas Goddard's health and that he gets back. But for our purposes, for betting and for DFS and for props, um, you need to keep an eye on whether Dallas Goddard ends up playing when he's ruled out as of Thursday. It'll probably be... You know, if he doesn't pass a if he doesn't pass a test on Wednesday, uh, it won't matter. You know, right. The, the it, best it, case scenario for us, again, from from the from the betting standpoint, the DFS standpoint, it's almost if he like fails the test on Wednesday. So then you know for certain, rather than him, you know, passing it on Wednesday and then failing it on Thursday, and then all of a sudden you're scrambling. At least you would have some sort of an idea. I would. I, I would guess that he. So just to pull back the curtain, we record this on Wednesday afternoons. I would guess that on Wednesday evening, around 4.30 or 5 o'clock, they give him a COVID test because then you have – then if he passes that one, first of all, you want to push it back as far as you can. Then you have 24 hours. You run another one between 4.30 and 5 p.m. on Thursday. 
and that gives you time. You, to almost, you almost treat it like an inactive or in a, in a pregame warm-up type of thing. That's exactly. essentially what you're going to be doing. You try and get the – you want to get the, the test results in before inactives are due and before warm-up – before guys come out to warm-up. So he'll – and so it's, it's, it's a tough situation in terms of the timing of it. It does seem like he is likely to, to miss, which would put Zach Ertz in a much more featured role. Um, all of the other uh, – it's it, so it was Andre Dillard, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Jack Driscoll, and Jordan Mialetta were the offensive linemen for the Eagles. They are all good to go. So Philly should have its full non-Lane Johnson complement of guys that they had against Carolina. They did a pretty good job. I mean, the Panthers' defense was was impressive. My point being is that for the Buccaneer, for for Philly and Jalen Hurts, you need to have that offensive line there to protect Hurts against a what is a dangerous front that Tampa has. Um, without the without Levante David, they'll still have Devin White, of course. Um, I, I mean, I think you can make the case that if Nick Sirianni decides to utilize read option and RPOs more, which he did against Carolina a little bit, and he did also in week one against Atlanta, we've seen him make those featured parts of the offense for Jalen Hurts. If you do that, you have a good chance of pulling off an upset here. Even though, you know, your defense has to stop Tom Brady, who, by the way, is dealing with a butt like kind of a banged up thumb. How on a scale of one to ten, um, Sully as a as a Tom Brady enthusiast, how would you characterize? How would you rate your concern for Tom Brady with a thumb injury? I, I honestly wouldn't put it that high. Again, I, I've seen this guy I'm zero. I, 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 I don't care. Yeah, I, I, I've seen. You know, I, I'll just say like a you know one point two just to really tie it all together. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not really that concerned about it just because I've seen this guy for 20 years up close in New England play through a lot of things. And again, he, it's a little bit different this time because he's actually talking about it, which is crazy. This is just, I think, the the Tampa version of Tom Brady. But when he was in New England, didn't really talk about it too much. But again, you remember that AFC Championship game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, we didn't even, you know, didn't even know if he was going to play in that game because he sliced up his hand so bad against, the, uh, you know, I think it was against Rex Burkhead or, something, you know, hitting yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Rex Burkhead's helmet. And, you know, you see later on, that thing was gashed. It was just, it was disgusting. It, I, I can't imagine that this, whatever this thumb injury is, is anything close to that game. And he still played and played well towards the tail end. So to me, I, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. Okay. Um, it's at least on my radar. Oh, for sure. Maybe, I mean, it's something maybe, that you. Maybe more on my radar for, of course, yeah. you know, let's get to the prop. Oh yeah. We'll take a break. Cause it's on my radar. It's not on my radar necessarily for the bucks. Because I think the only way that Tom Brady's throwing less because of his thumb is if the Bucks have a big lead. So and maybe that's important for backdoor purposes for Philly, where they would. I don't think they'll put in Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask in the third quarter or anything, but I think they'd be willing to maybe be more aggressive in how they use Leonard Fournette, maybe Ronald Jones. I don't know, who knows um, how they use that running rushing attack to try and, and win the game. Uh, all right, let's take a break, and when we come back. Props. Gambling. Props. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Okay, so the one that stood out to me for props immediately, Sully, Tom Brady and his passing yards. And I don't know if it's stood out to you too. I can't, I'm not. Uh, yes, uh, it did. we both agree. Tom Brady over passing yards. 298 and a half on Caesars. That number should be in the 300s. Easy, easy. I mean, he's gone over that. He's gone over that number three out of the five times he's played this season. You're going up against a defense that has shown that they can, you know, again, put the deep ball up. We were just talking before the break here. Is there a little bit concern for that thumb injury? I guess, you know, maybe that limits him a little bit. But I don't think that I think more more than anything that would limit his total pass attempts than it would his actual passing yard total. You know, we've seen guys this year really not throw for, you know, that many times and put up a chunk of yards. So it's not like he has to do this by dropping back 50 times in a game. He can do this relative, not relatively easy, but he can do this, you know, chunk chunk plays and things of that nature. So to me, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I love this, especially when it's under 300 yards. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I uh, this was an official Brinson looks down in the middle of the podcast to get his bet in. And actually, to actually get a bet in on a prop because uh, he's worried that it'll keep moving up. And I have 301 and a half juiced 125 to the over, and I don't care. I'll take yeah. it up to like 305, really. It yeah. should be like 335. I mean, you can't make it 335. Yeah, you can't make it that way, but I know you mean. But I mean, it, it does feel like that could be a this is a situation where I would not be surprised at any. Anything anything under 305 and a half, I think I would take the over on Tom Brady passing yards. Looking around at the market, um, so, for whatever reason, this local thing I got, the, the prop area is is, is, uh, is like sharper, I guess. I don't know. But um, two, I see 297 and a half out there as well. So that's a good number right there for Tom Brady at 297 and a half. It's one where, honestly, maybe we should tweet it out from the Pick 6 Pod account, or t- I'll tweet it out and note that it's a good, good prop to take now because yeah. – I would guess that that climbs at William Hill or at Caesars, excuse me, and other places above 300 by kickoff tomorrow, unless there's some serious news about Tom Brady's hand. He's there. Well, I think it's going to be the opposite. Well, I think, it, you know, if we start to hear positive news where it's like full practice, no worries, no concern, you know, he's good to go. That's what's really going to shoot this thing up. I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. If, if it's like, and I think Wednesday he was listed as full practice yeah. with a thumb injury. And right thumb is concerning, but Tom Brady will be all right. Okay. He's going to stretch a thumb out, get Alex Guerrero to do some little thumb <laughs> stretches. And then he'll uh, just dip it in some guac before the game. Just, you know, it in some guac, like hand mash some guac for Giselle before he heads over to the stadium. Uh, I guess it's in Philadelphia, so that wouldn't be the case. But you get the point. Uh, what else do you like in the prop market, Sully? Well, right now, again, like we're saying, you got to obviously monitor this a little bit to see what happens with Dallas Goddard. But Zach Ertz, 41 and a half receiving yards. I mean, I, I just love the over on that because you're talking about somebody who is already somewhat of a piece in the offense. He's gone over this no, number two of his last three games, and you're only going to see more in a game that we expect to be a lot of passing and a lot in a high scoring affair. I mean, this is one where Zach Ertz, again, is he the Zach Ertz of old and someone that we've 
grown to love and, and, and Debo probably has a tattoo of him somewhere, you know, then probably, <laughs> probably not. He hasn't been that guy. Oh, I like it, but it's, he's just a guy that again, it, it, they, they're going to feature him in this offense. I think, especially if Goddard's not playing. And, and that's again, just someone where I think that number is a little too low. I think it's kind of sitting where, we don't know what's going to happen with Goddard, and and honestly, maybe you hit it now if you just feel confident in them. Well, because- I, don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you can see it, Sully, but it is actually up to forty four and a half. Well, see, there we go. I added yeah. it forty one. Come on, and now. no, I agree. I had it forty three and a half. Like we said a minute differently. Um, it, yeah, it all depends on. Yeah, that is a big jump, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it all depends funny. on what happens with with. Uh, but that's, basically, but that's basically my point. Like, you know, a lot of people are jumping on this. They probably feeling like, hey, listen, this is a really tight window that Goddard needs to fit to be able to play. Let me get on in on this now before sure. once he's officially out, this thing's going to skyrocket. So, again, one to really just keep an eye on. And, again, if you start to see it like it's climbing now, maybe you jump on before it gets out of whack too much. Yeah, I don't know that this is going to go – I mean, I don't think it's going to go up to – I don't see this going up past 46 and a half more than likely. Like that's a, that would be, if, if you told me that's that Zach Ertz had you know, 50 receiving yards against the bucks, I would be, I would be impressed, but I mean, it, it's entirely possible with no Dallas Goddard out there. Ertz has been a, a favorite, you know, Jalen hurts is not afraid to target tight ends, right? We see a lot of targets on tight ends. I would actually bet there's a little bit of buyback on this under. So maybe you could, yeah be cautious and wait and see if it dips back down. I, I, I mean, it sounds crazy, but there's a massive, massive difference between 41 and a half and 44 and a half. Um, you're talking what, like 8% in terms of your window there. And just the way that these props work, man, especially when you're taking overs, we've seen it. We got torched on it. What? Like a, two weeks ago, or um, was it the, was it the charger? Was it the chargers game that we got smoked on it? I believe chargers Raiders game where uh, Raiders, yeah, it felt like it was about to pop out and go to an over game. And it's just, you have to be a little bit careful on, on some of those, but, but I, I agree with you. I had that listed as one of mine as well. I also listed along with Ertz. I like, Oh, um, Mike Evans. We can go to Buccaneers over under Mike Evans over 67 and a half receiving yards. And I like Chris Godwin over 66 and a half receiving yards. Again, we are, we, we, you and I tend to, you know, maybe a little more donkeyish, but that's fine. We tend to lean towards these over. I, I, I mean, we just lean towards the overs. Um, a lot of smarter prop betters will tell you that you should bet unders more frequently, and that's fine. But I actually don't even mind that parlay there. Um, in, in fact, uh, leave that parlay up. You can see it on the screen at youtube.com. Don't bet that parlay because if you go to and you're betting on Caesars, they have an odds boost of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin over 63 and a half yards each at three and a half to one. If you bet their normal one, you get 66 and a half over, and it was only two, uh, two plus 265. So very nice little bet there. If you want to get in on an odds boost, a three to one parlay on Godwin and Mike Evans going over those numbers. I mean, it doesn't have to happen obviously, but I, I think there's a pretty good chance that the Buccaneers will be playing fast, that they'll be passing, that they'll be pushing it downfield. And Darius Slay has been really good. I don't know that he's going to lock down Mike Evans, who's playing awesome football the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm right there with you. Again, It's we're, we're talking about it with Brady, and we're talking about it in the game overall, that this is going to be a pretty pass-heavy game that we predict, and, and we're, we're saying Brady's going to go over, so obviously we got to look at some of these receivers here. I actually like Antonio Brown a little bit more than, than those guys. I think he's at uh, 
well, at least I have him down at, at 62 and a half. I, I don't know where he is now, but he you is know, 63 and a half, but yeah, 63 right. and a half. Okay. But I mean, you know, from what, from the 62 and a half, I believe he's gone over that the last two games. He's had 19 targets over the last two games. Yep. So to me, you know, again, he's someone who Tom Brady loves throwing to. They have a relationship. Rob Gronkowski is going to be out of this game. So there's more targets to go around. So to me, again, Antonio Brown, he has that capability we've seen this year of just completely popping off because Mike Evans is so good and Chris Godwin is so good. These, these, you know, these defenses and these secondaries are focusing in on them. So Antonio Brown's getting the number three corner on a weekly basis and Brady loves throwing to him. So to me, that one makes a lot of sense in a game that we anticipate to be high, high scoring and high passing. Yeah. Uh, just to, just to point out too, with uh, Mike Evans last four games, six and a half, uh, no, excuse me, 9.8 targets per game, which is a yeah, that's a lot of volume for Mike Evans, especially compared to last year. 6.5 receptions per game, 92.3 yards per game over four games against Atlanta. Terrible defense. Uh, the Rams, good defense. Pats, in theory, a good defense in, in the rain, no less. And of course, the Miami Dolphins and with two bomb fourth quarter touchdowns, just because it was just because the Dolphins dared to get it within seven points. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. Did you mess with us? Die, die. And just cascading fire down upon them. Tom Brady was late in that game. Also hadn't played below uh, 73, 73% of the snaps against Atlanta in a 20 point blowout, 78% of the snaps in a 20 or 30 point blowout against Miami. And, you know, if it's a close game at all, Mike Evans will be getting fed. And you just can't, like, the, with, the, with the way the Bucks operate when you take these overs, um, you, you have to assume that they're going to pass regardless of game script, which is what they've shown us. Yeah. Now they yeah gonna, Bruce Aarons has always been that aggressive style. Yeah, and, and Tom Brady, his intended air yards this year and last year is way up over his final two years in New England. Uh, you don't have, they, don't have, they don't think they have the next-gen stats before that, but, but you get the point. Um, I like those overs. I will also dabble on the Tom Brady over rushing yards, one and a half. Yeah. Just sure. needs a sneak where he, where he pushes forward for two yards. Easy. And while we're here, Tom Brady, anytime touchdown, eight and a half to one. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I like mean, it. Give me a pass interference. I need to, I'm trying to think. I don't feel like they've snuck him as much in Tampa Bay. No, I, mean, I feel like they did a little bit more last year than they yeah. did. You know, I, really, I just remember him doing it uh, in New Orleans week one and just, you know, him just really, you know, being demonstrative in that game. But, like, he has that capability. They get in the goal line. I know they have, you know, I know they have Lenny, they have Ronald Jones. They can even give it to Gio Bernard if they want to. I mean, they have... They have guys that can, you know, be factors here. But again, if you're telling me that this is a game without Rob Gronkowski, someone who he looks at a ton in the red zone, then sure, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, with no Gronk, it, it makes a lot of sense. And you know, they we mentioned they have Darius Slay, but this is not exactly a studly secondary for for the for the Eagles. It's entirely possible that Mike Evans is beating somebody downfield in the end zone. There's a huge PI first and goal on the one. They sprint down there and they punch it in for a touchdown with uh, Tom Brady diving into the end zone. So on, let's look at, uh, oh, yeah, you got anybody else, any other props you want to add there? So I like this one that, that Debo has right here, which look at the quarterbacks and kind of a rushing standpoint. Uh, Jalen Hurts rushing attempts. I see that it's down to 7.5 now. Oh. I, I had it at, uh, at eight and a half and it was at plus money. To me, he's flirted around that number pretty much all season, eight, nine, 10. He's, he's been around there. And if you're talking about a game where I think offense is going to be so heavily featured and, and he's going to be under siege a little bit with that Buccaneers pass rush, again, they're not going to run the ball a ton. We, we know that about this team, but he's someone that can still, you know, get flushed out of the pocket, 
create two, three opportunities where he's just going to get rushing attempts off that alone. But they're still going to use him as a runner. That That is one of the best parts of his game, Jalen Hurts, is what he can do with his legs, maybe particularly around the goal line there, like we saw last week. So to me, you know, I, I like this from a standpoint of, again, he's going to be running around, a lot of pressure. I, I, I could so see this thing going up over. And, and I do love it at seven and a half because I don't think he's ever – don't believe it's been seven. I think it's been around, you know, eight, nine, ten yeah, rushing week, attempts. Week one, seven, then ten, yeah. nine, eight, nine. Yeah. And again, what you're hoping for on a short week against a, a defense that's banged up and that you feel like you can create some matchup advantages, especially with a good, you know, they have a good make their defensive line work harder. Yep. Build some RPOs in there, build some read option stuff in there, and give Jalen Hurts some runs and sort of open things up, get him comfortable early in that game. I, I, I like it over seven and a half. Uh, rushing attempts, just, just I mean, get a, if if you get a look at the Bills with Josh Allen in that you know that Chiefs game, his his attempts have gotten down. It's a primetime game. It's a huge game for Philly. Like you pull off that upset, and all of a sudden Nick Sirianni, you get even Debo saying nice things about Nick Sirianni. So uh, I I'll back that. I like that over, especially at seven and a half, even if it is heavily juiced. Okay, first touchdown score. We'll hit this, and uh, then we'll oh, they, they've opened up some of the markets. On here on Caesars. And again, you can see these on youtube.com slash pick six. Um, they were locked up earlier. I think it was probably the uh, Gronk factor as well as uh, uh, Dallas Goddard factor. They were trying to figure out, you know, how, how to price those guys and how to price everybody else. So Leonard Fournette, six, uh, plus 625. Mike Evans, six and a half to one. Chris Goblin, seven and a half to one. Antonio Brown, eight to one. Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts, and Miles Sanders, all nine and a half to one. Those are the um, the top skill guys, and they're all under 10. I don't really love any of those. I would suggest that um, maybe Jalen Hurts out of that group is worth it. Yeah, that's the one that I have listed again. You know, just out of that first chunk of guys, Jalen Hurts to me, like I was just saying about him, you know, they're going to use his legs in some capacity in this game just to keep Tampa Bay honest. And like we saw last week, it's not like they're afraid to, you know, call his, call his number. Or he's not afraid to call his own number to try to get six. So to me, that one, again, out of anybody in that first chunk that you want to feel confident in, to me, it would be Jalen Hurts. But, you know, just to go back a little bit to what we were talking about, I like scrolling down a little bit further to Tom Brady. Tom Brady, I had him at a plus 4,000. I don't know where he's at now. One, Tom Brady. But my goodness. I mean, you know, again. That is quite the number. And oh, it, it just chopped. We did it again, Sully. Look at us. Look We're at not us. even live. How do they know? They they they're on. They 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 they're bugged either my house or your house or both of our houses. I don't know what's <laughs> going on here. But uh to he's me again, I just photos for some for some hidden mics and <laughs> cams. I, I just love that that number because it, you know, again, Brady is the best that we've seen at that QB sneak at the one on the goal line. So again. Like you said, P.I. brings it down to the one. You could so, totally see a scenario where, again, they just say, listen, Tom, put your head down, follow your guy, and get in. Uh, the ones I would take on this market, I mentioned Jalen Sanders, or Jalen Sanders, Jalen Hurts. I think at 9.5 to 1 is kind of worth it just because of how much they'll use him if, they, if the Eagles get down there in the red zone. Zach Hurts, too, at 14-1 to 1 is a pretty fair price, assuming, of course, that Dallas Goddard is out. Jalen Rager, 15 to 1, doesn't do it for me. I'd need 20 to 1 or better. Same for Quez Watkins. Like, I mean, I just, I mean, those guys could be the deep ball recipient. It could absolutely happen. I just would want something closer to 20 to 1. Kenneth Gainwell is interesting because if you get a, and, and the same for Gio Bernard, right? Yep. Gio Bernard, 22 to 1. Kenneth Gainwell, 20 to 1. If you get a situation where 
either the Eagles or the Bucks are in it's third down in the red zone. They've shown that when they're in these passing downs, they want Gainwell, they want Geo in there. And Geo has been a, a pretty sneaky little red zone target for Tom Brady because you get the three receivers running out there. Defenses are locking in on him, and you can just leak Geo out of the backfield, and it's a quick, easy throw, and you see him diving into the end zone. So he's I would made, probably... he's, made, he's made that play forever. I've seen it with James White, Shane yep. Vereen, Kevin Falk. I mean, you know, it's that is a situation that Tom Brady loves to throw to, not just in Tampa. This is something that he's been doing for a long time. Absolutely. So I'm I'm sort of on board with you. I, I would go with the two third down backs and the two quarterbacks, I think, here. Yeah. And, yeah, and the only reason I mean again hurts at nine and a half to one is just it's not a great price, um, but it, it, right there you'd like to have like twelve to one for him, but he's such a rushing threat in the red. They're just, they'll just use him in the red zone. Yeah, to rush in there. All right, that's it for the gambling show. The breakdown of the Thursday night football game between the Eagles and the Buccaneers. We will, as we mentioned, have a DFS separate. Or, or an add-on to the to the actual podcast on youtube.com slash pick six so if you want to go watch that go to youtube.com slash pick six even if you don't want to watch it go hit the subscribe button at youtube.com slash pick six because uh we are giving away a bunch of brinson sucks hats or something like that so go check it out for sully i'm brinson we'll talk to you guys later grab your vip pass we're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.